Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back and welcome into the studio for a playoff episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice of all things Moncton Wildcats. I am your host, Adam, and as you can see, I'm flying solo. Uh, No Jeremy Boucher, he's not feeling great. It is not COVID-related. Um... He's not feeling great, so we're going to kick it back old school when I used to do this uh, alone uh, by myself, uh, so we're going to see uh, gonna see how this goes. Uh, thanks for everyone joining me on the uh, the YouTube. Thanks for uh, downloading the show. Uh, so I guess we'll just uh, kick it off as, you know, it's been a trying week, and uh, let's get going. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, it, it's over. Season 19 winner, Corey. Uh, Jeremy had said from the beginning, I mean, he predicted her to win. Uh, not only could she cook, but you could just see it over time that she was very much the mother. She was to the rest of the crew. She had, uh, you know, a mature, um, she just, she could lead. Not only could she cook, she could lead. Uh, so for her, you know, Jeremy pretty much predicted that she was going to win this thing. And, you know, he was, uh, he was right from day one myself, you know, I wanted Declan, but you know, as, as it came, uh, closer to the end, you could just see that Corey was going to win this thing. Uh, Mary Lou, she she did everything she could. She got you know oh so close. Um, I, you know I don't doubt that uh, she'll be doing great things, uh, and I'm sure within Gordon Ramsay's you know tutelage, uh, she will be there. So um, you know, good on her. Good on Jeremy for picking the winner. Hell's Kitchen season twenty. It's called Young Guns. Uh, from what I've read, no one over the age of 23. So it'll be interesting to see if it's going to be the the normal Gordon Ramsay that gets angry all the time at the littlest things uh, to these young young chefs that are uh, you know aspiring to be to be great. So uh, let's usually this is the part of the show where Mr. Boucher gets into his big brother rant. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't watch it, so um, we've got. Uh, I got nothing for you. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week uh, with Jeremy's big brother chat. Uh, Mass Singer. I mean, it's we're almost getting through a full season of not only Hell's Kitchen, but the Mass Singer. And I don't think that's ever happened in the history of this show. Um, we're into the final eight. Of course, there was a double elimination last week. Crab and Seashell were unmasked. Crab being Bobby Brown. Seashell being Tamara Mooring or Maori. Sorry. She was kind of, she was part of T and Tamara. Uh, they were twins early in the nineties. Uh, I think they had a couple shows on Disney channel. Um, still, we don't know the rest of them. Um, you know, Jeremy and I, he's, we kind of both believe that the Russian dolls were someone different. He was leaning towards Hans and I was leaning towards 98 degrees, uh, just because of that fourth member. Well, I'm kind of leaning away and into the Hanson um, a little bit with him. And the only reason I'm going that way is because I actually think Piglet is Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees. It's very much got a boy boy, boy band vibe. Uh, I don't think it's any of the Backstreet Boys. Uh, as I, you know, being the resident Backstreet Boys fan, I know all their, their voices. Uh, I don't think it's any of them. I don't believe it's an in sync guy. Um, so I, I just, I, Nick Lachey makes a lot of sense. You know, early on, I thought the bachelor clues, well, he did, he did the show love is blind with his wife. So, um, I, I still think 98 degrees could be the Russian dolls, but I'm leaning towards more Jeremy's 
pick of Hanson and uh, Piglet being Nick Lachey. Uh, Black Swan, one of the one of the judges guessed JoJo. Sure, um, I, 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 these are so hard. Uh, Yeti, I'm still kind of think Bieber vibes, um, uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's they're they're coming to the point where, you know, the 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 clues are getting a little bit different. So I'm I'm still pulling out for Bieber. Uh, hoping for him, but I just, that would be such a massive star. I don't know. Chameleon, I got no idea. I mean, Layla picked, Layla had said most deaf, so I guess we'll go with that. Uh, but, uh, we're into the final six now, so that'll be on tonight. And Jeremy will be back next week with our mass Singer predictions and, you know, his big brother, Canada. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram Wildcast Podcast, and now TikTok. Yeah, we're on TikTok, uh, as well as don't forget to like and subscribe right here on YouTube. I guess quick question. It's not so much quick question because I'm not going to ask myself a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, so I, I found an article on the Dub Network, and if you've listened to our former co-host, Chris Dobson, talk about the Memorial Cup format and, you know, uh, either on this show or on his Sports Quarantine TV, he would love a March Madness style 64 team. Everybody gets in one game knockout. Um, but you know, that's obviously a little bit difficult to do. So we had our a second straight cancellation of the Memorial cup and, you know, I, I was, you know, going through the old Twitter sphere and, and found an article on the dub network by, by Kevin Oliniak. And he proposed a kind of a new format for the Memorial cup, you know, you know, in his article and you can find it on dubnetwork.ca. He kind of talked about how, you know, the home team usually gets knocked out early and, you know, other than opening weekend or closing weekend, you know, the kind of lusters lost on the Memorial Cup. And so what he proposed was a 32-team single-game knockout. So uh, it sounds cool. Um, so I'll break down how he's had it. So you still got the regular season champion. So whoever wins the WHL, the QMJHL, and the OHL, they get in as the number one bracket, number one seed in each bracket. Uh, and then the CHL rankings that we have and we mock continuously uh, give the number four ranked team in that bracket, no matter what league it's from, the other number one seed. So at least with that, you're playing for some. Then you take the remaining 28 teams, you draw them into a bracket giving you 32 teams. Uh, you split those eight brackets into four junior hockey cities. One game knockout. Uh, when you get to the next, like, so everybody that moves on to the next round, the Sweet 16, you move those to another four cities across Canada. Uh, and then those two play. Then you get into what is the final four. And that's going to be played at the Memorial Cup host city. So, and then you got two games on Friday or Saturday, the final on Sunday or Monday. You know, you could have two, two games Thursday, final Saturday. I like this idea from the point that, you know, if TSN is, which is rumored to be on board and bring in the CHL, you know, Sportsnet, they've they've done a great job with the Memorial Cup. You're always fighting against the Maple Leafs or the the NHL playoffs. Uh, not the Maple Leafs; they're never usually in the third round or second round. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, in spring and and you know the NHL playoffs. TSN, you might get a little bit better coverage of. They do a great job with March Madness in terms of everything uh, that they cover. And, and of course, Kevin talks about this in his article. But um, what I like about it, the you know, the World Juniors is such a corporate event. 
And, you know, it's never going to go back to, you know, Moncton. It's not going to go back to Schwinnigan. It's not going to go back to Red Deer. Uh, it's not going to go back to Victoria. Um, because it's just, they can sell out Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto. Like, they don't need to go back to these smaller rinks. So what I like about Kevin's idea in having four cities host is it's going to bring, and especially coming out of this pandemic, it's going to bring fans and teams and, you know, in an influx of money into your junior hockey city, uh, junior hockey city. Then that's great. You know, your team, you know, Moncton, you know, maybe let's say the 13th seed one year, right? So they get in. Now they're going to play the number four seed uh, in, in one of the brackets, which, you know, could be, I don't know, Regina by the time Connor Bedard lights up the world. So now it's Regina, Moncton. You're never going to see that unless stars align and you get a Memorial Cup. But now those two teams could end up playing in Prince George. That's just, you know, those teams and those cities. Now that would suck for the two teams that don't get to go there, but those fans in that Prince George market, they get to see teams they don't usually get to see in a very intense one game market. So by that standard, I, I'm, you know, I always like Chris's idea of all the teams, one game knockout. I think that'd be very cool. I don't know if this gets lags just because, you know, it's, there's too much after the season and, and more hockey. And once these teams are kind of knocked out of the playoffs, are you just practicing, waiting to find out where you're going? But I do like it in terms of the, you know, you sell it to your season ticket holders as, hey, we're going to have this Memorial Cup, this bracket, this round. And and it can be corporatized. You know, the Chevrolet Western bracket, whatever you're going to do. And then, you know, just for, you know, argument's sake, St. John and Quebec are the two teams that are vying, reported to be vying for next year's Memorial Cup, which... Uh, Mr. Croteau was on the 31, 31 Thoughts podcast with Merrick and and Friedman, and he said that, you know, we're hoping that the Q, we, we, we're pretty sure the Q is getting the Memorial Cup. So now, you know, if Quebec gets the Memorial Cup, well, St. John doesn't just lose out on something. They can host one of the second-round brackets with two games that, that means something. Or when Halifax won the Memorial Cup, I mean, Moncton didn't get anything we might get to host one of the brackets and, it, and you know, if there's two teams, so your, your, your cities and your teams are putting bids to actually host qualifying games to eventually get to the Memorial cup. I think it's kind of cool. Um, so I put it out to you. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that this is a good idea? 32 team bracket. The each champion is the number one seed. The fourth seed in the CHL rankings becomes a number one seed and then you've got brackets and teams playing one game knockouts all over the uh, all over the country. So let me know what you think on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and I'll I'll retweet this part. But uh, for now, let's bring it back a little bit closer home. Let's get some news around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. All right, we've got some playoff action in the queue. Uh, not just here, we've got some playoff action in the queue. Uh, some series are going, what do we got uh, right now, earlier today, earlier yesterday, I guess the Tuesday, uh, Quebec beat Valdor 4-3 in overtime. Uh, we've got some teams already moving on. That's how quickly this thing is going, uh, especially with best of five. So 
Valdor's up 2-0 on Baycomo. By the time you listen to this, I got to believe they've swept them 3-0 because they play Tuesday night. And we've got Shikutami, uh swept Sherbrooke 3-0. Victoriaville swept Renaranda 3-0. Uh, Schwinnigan is up 2-1 on Quebec. And Blaineville and Gatineau are getting their series started to today at 2 o'clock or I guess Wednesday, depending when you listen to this. And like I said, Quebec beat Victoria or beat Drummondville 1-4-3 in overtime to take a 1-0 series lead. Uh, we've got players of the month. First of all, it's just good to see Q playoff hockey. I mean, I know Gatineau and Blaineville, Drummondville, Quebec, it took a while for them to get their series going, but um, it's good to see playoff hockey in the queue uh it's all 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 you see on on twitter if you're following it and it's just it's good to have it took a while to get here but it's just it's just good to have playoff hockey and you know no real surprises yet in the uh in the quebec portion of it so uh we'll have to see maybe once the second round series get going but uh yeah we had the qmjhl players of the month for april uh your forward of the month was cedric des day i had to I almost messed that up. De Rousseau, uh, Charlottetown, eight games played, seven goals, nine assists, 16 points. I mean, what more can the guy do? Uh, leading Q scorer. Uh, it's, he had a hell of a year. And say what you want about the opponents. You only play who's in front of you. And uh, what, a, what a year that uh, said money, as they call him on the island, has had. Honorable mention was Matthew DeGagne, 10 games, eight goals, 11 assists for 19 points. Um, Defenseman of the month, Adam McCormick from Bathurst. 10 games, 3 goals, 10 assists, 13 points. Honorable mention, Luca Cormier. Uh, for the Islanders, 8 games, 2 goals, 9 assists, 11 points. Rookie of the month, Peter Reynolds, St. John. Um, you know, he's just been getting better and better. And uh, 10 games, and the 6 goals, 6 assists, 12 points. Honorable mention, our guy, Vincent Filion from Moncton. 2-1 and one in the month, 2.67 goals against average and a 9.09 save percentage. Um, you know, the little write-up there, being a rookie goaltender and a rebuilding team in junior is a daunting task. Filion doesn't seem to mind too much. However, uh, the goalie had back-to-back victories for the first time in his career on April 11th and 7th against St. John. I mean, the guy just, he's playing great. And, you know, they, what more can we say? I mean, we we wanted him to start a bit more. He was he was honorable mention for rookie of the month. He you could just see him getting more confident, more confident, more confident as it went on. Uh, goaltender of the month, Colton Ellis for the Islanders, three zero with a one six two goals against average and a nine twenty four save percentage. And the honorable mention to Yad Ben Yan Bednar from the Titan, four and one three goals against average and a nine zero seven. You know, took him a while to get going, but he's uh, he's one of the keys for the tandem up in Bathurst as uh, both goalies are kind of getting action as we as we get into this playoff round robin, which means, why don't we talk about this playoff round robin? Weekly Rewind. Playoffs are in full swing. Um, if you have Rogers TV, you've seen both road games. If you got tickets last week, uh, last Wednesday, uh, you were there. I mean, the Wildcats... They're one and two. They they got two points in this thing. Uh, Bathurst is two and one. St. John is two and two. You know, I said it off the hop on our uh, recap, our live post game show. I mean, you're telling me there's a chance, and that's all Moncton needed. We just needed one win. Uh, we got that one win. 
last Wednesday against Bathurst. But before we get there, we'll go all the way back to game one in St. John. Um, this was just sometimes, sometimes St. John puts it together. And for the fan base there, you know, they're a frustrating team to watch. This was a game that they flipped the switch and, you know, two quick goals in the, in the second period, it really turned the tide. Um, you know, they got a six, two, six, two victory over Moncton in game one. Um, you know, outshot them 33, 24, but Moncton was right in it. And it was two, two with, uh, in the first five minutes in the second period, but two quick goals by Burns, Leighton Carruthers back to back. And it was just, you know, we've talked about it many times on the show. You talk about the deflating goals. And and that was the deflating goals for for Moncton. They just never really recovered, and it never seemed like they, you know, sometimes they get down and you feel like we've got a shot at this. Uh, you know, we just got to come out, and blah blah blah, pucks and deep, four lines roll, and it just never felt like Moncton had that opportunity in that game after those two goals. Uh, nothing against nothing against uh, Philion, who did get the first start, absolutely earned the first start. You know, I mean, he's honorable mention rookie of the, or rookie of the month. And, you know, there there was nothing that he did wrong in this game. You can't put any of this on him. It was just this was a, a game that, uh, you know, got away from Moncton a little bit in the second period, and, and that was that was all she wrote. Got pretty physical near the end. Jacob Hudson was given the fighting as, as, as well as an aggressor, uh, which, you know, came with a one-game suspension, so he was going to miss game two. And... You know, going into game two against Bathurst, it was already going to be a very tough, tough road to hoe. I mean, <laughs> the uh, just they're just struggling against Bathurst. Like the last few games, it's been five two, six two. Like you know, St. John, you could kind of see we were in these games. You know, they were flip flopping, they were excited, one goal, two goal. Early on against Bathurst, it was like that, but just lately, nothing's been going right against. Bathurst like at all and this was another game that I mean Moncton scored the first goal they were out shooting them 12-9 in the first period and it was just you know Moncton kind of looked like okay you know this might be one that DLC is going to steal for us we need this one uh, to get back even you don't want to go down 0-2 and of course this is a different playoff series so you're not going to have the usual you know down 0-1 in a playoff series against the same team. You can make adjustments, keep going. Now, this is a different team, uh, but you don't want to get down 0-2 in, in a very short playoff round robin. Unfortunately, Moncton did. And and why that happened? Well, we've said it many times. Moncton has to stay disciplined to have a chance. If Moncton gets into penalty trouble, and it was one of the – not the, la- the, the last game against Bathurst, but the previous two – I had tweeted out during the game, like, you cannot keep taking penalties against Bathurst and and, and survive. And, you know, Ben and MacArthur gets the goal 10 minutes into the second period on the power play, and that just energized that crowd and energized that team, and you could just see that steamrolling and rolling and rolling. I mean, Bathurst outshot him 13-8 in the second and exploded, well, they exploded for five straight goals. Uh, after that power play goal and you know they had two power play goals they were two for four this this is a a team that you know without Jacob Hudson and being very young they're going to 
need to play five on five a lot and be on the puck and discipline and can't be chasing the game and can't get down on the penalty. And, and that's, that came back to haunt him. And it, it's kind of been a theme in the, in these, in this postseason is when Moncton's able to stay five on five and, and can, and have, and not be hemmed in their zone on a, on a power play, they have a chance. And if they can get power plays and they can get zone time, they have a chance. And, you know, the first two games, I mean, Moncton was, uh, what were we here? One for seven on the power play. One for seven. Bathurst and St. John were three for seven combined. So special t- the playoffs is tight checking and special teams. And Moncton is losing the special teams battle so far uh, in these playoffs, uh, especially in the first two games. They won the playoff battle at home. Uh, and we'll get into, we'll get into that one. So four to Moncton on, what was it? Wednesday, April 24th, Saturday. Like I said, what a week it's been, uh, Saturday at four, two victory over St. John. And this was, you know, Jacob Hudson was back in the lineup, but we were down another forward in Francis Langlois. Um, and you know, it's it, Jacob Hudson coming back. I mean, he was just, he was everything you needed and he was so good. Just, you know, I guess rested first of all, but he just, he gave the team that energy that, you know, like let's, we're going to win this hockey game. And then, I don't know about you guys, but I just, he just kind of felt like this might be this, this had to, this was a must win, but you kind of felt like this might be Moncton's game because, you know, St. John had lost to Bathurst the night before, uh, I do believe. St. John, 6-2. Yeah, St. John had lost to Bathurst the night before. So they were already 1-1. One one. Um, you know, we were 0-2. We needed this one to get back into it and, you know, to kind of tighten things up a little bit with, with St. John. Moncton ended up doing that, both 1-2 and two going into the Sunday night game, which St. John ended up giving Bathurst their first loss. Putting St. John at two and two, Bathurst at two and one, um, but again, special teams. Moncton held St. John to zero and two on their power plays, and we went one for one. We were able to connect on that. It's it just felt like DLC needed to play his A plus A plus games in the playoffs. Uh, a B or a B plus or whatever was not going to be good enough, and he knows it. The team rallies it. They know it. Uh, he's going to need to be on. You have to have a goaltender that sometimes steals a hockey game. And I, and I think this one was one that he stole. He let in the first goal to uh, to Riley Bezo on, you know, the puck was on end. And it kind of went through his arm. You knew he was frustrated. He wanted that one back. He should have had that one. Um, but he didn't quit. And he battled. He kept this team in this hockey game. And it just this team rallied around Jacob Hudson coming back. It was Hudson, Barbashev, and I believe Richard. Um, the first game it was Hudson. Second game, one of them. Kluche was on the line with. Uh, oh yeah, Kluche, Barbashev, and and Langwa. That line just didn't work. Um, Langwa and Barbashev, they have a connection. You know, you take Jacob Hudson off that line, it's awfully tough to replace him given anything, but it just, it, some players can make things work. I just, I didn't think that Matias Kluche 
just made it work on that line. He, he was he's good with other guys, uh, but he just he wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't the best mix, I guess. Uh, and then you had Barbashev take Langwa off, who a uh, bit of an awkward play at the end of the Bathurst game. Uh, Riley Kidney just hit him, nothing malicious. He just kind of twisted, ran into the boards, uh, upper body injury. Uh, who knows how long he'll be out for. And so you knew he wasn't playing the next one, uh, the next night in, in Moncton. And Barbashev, Richard, and Hudson I thought was a very good line. And I got no no issues with that one. I mean, Richard, Richard scored a goal. Uh, so I, I can, if Langlois out for a little while, uh, which is basically this next week, the three games we have, um, you know, I, I think we'll see Barbashev, Kluche, and Richard. Uh, I I'll get to why that might be a little bit different here in a minute, but um, yeah, DLC needed to to eventually steal a game for us in the playoffs. Uh, he let that early one in. He wasn't happy with it. You're thinking, oh no, first goal on two shots, and he hunkered down and and basically, you know, he didn't steal it with you know forty some saves or anything like that, but he he stole it with the fact that Moncton was able to tie the game, and then Moncton had that two one lead, three one lead. Um, and he just, he kept making saves so that St. John never really got close. Um, now the play of the game was the Riley, uh, Francis, not Riley Francis, Ryan Francis, too many Riley's, too many Ryan's Ryan Francis on the breakaway with about two minutes left in the second period. Um, yeah, that was a good move. Looked like it went in. Uh, they went up to video review. It was on the opposite side of where I was sitting. So I thought maybe it was close to the line. Uh, and then DLC kind of grabbed it, pulled it in. Not so much. Uh, Chris, who was working the game for Rogers TV, was able to send a video of the, which I think people saw on the TV anyways, but they didn't show that view inside the Avenir Center. Um, Francis went down, went back backhand. He kind of fell. The puck was stopped by DLC, but his momentum was taking him in the net. The puck hadn't gone over the line, and Francis made a kicking motion with his left foot to put the puck in the net. Obviously, as we all know, that's not allowed. Um, you know, I'm sure yeah, we tweeted out his reaction. I know Denis re- tweeted out his reaction. He wasn't the happiest, but, you know, he sold it, and that's what you're supposed to do. He Did he ever sell it? And, and like I said to Layla, I mean, the call on the ice was no goal, so it had to be conclusive evidence that that puck crossed the line because at that point I didn't know he kicked it. had to be conclusive evidence that that puck was across the line uh, to change his mind. Obviously, they saw things a little bit differently than what we saw from inside the rink. It was kicked in. That was huge. Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know if Moncton wins that game if, if that Ryan Francis goal wasn't portrayed as kicked in, but just directed in off his skate like remember you can turn your skate to direct the puck in you just physically can't kick it in uh it looked like he kicked it in but you know Moncton's up 2-1 or 3-1 sorry Francis scores that goal with two minutes left in the second period again that's a late second period goal now are we in trouble going into the third with St. John having a full 20 minutes to come back and come back one not come back down by two come back down by one if I'm being honest, I don't know if Moncton wins the hockey game up 3-2, just giving a breakaway goal to Francis with two minutes left in the second period. 
Um, I, I'd like to think they would uh, be able to hold on to it, but thankfully we don't have to find out. And so, uh, yeah, St. John got to 3-2. That's as close as they got. Jacob Hudson again sealing this thing with uh, with the empty netter. That was probably the best second period I've seen this team play in a long time. And, you know, I talked about it on the, the Instagram post-game show where you guys can join me on Instagram, on our Instagram live, half hour after the puck drop, after the final whistle. This team's second periods have just plagued them all year, and I don't know what it is. It's, you know, game one, three, they're up. Well, they tied uh, tied 1-1 one, one after two, and three goals for St. John. Now it's 4-2 going into the third. That's a tough hill to climb. Up one nothing in uh, in Bathurst to give up that power play goal early. Two goals against. Now they're down two one going into the third period. I mean it's just it's been that way all year. Uh, you know I've kind of joked about it. Can we can we deny the long change? Because it seems to be that that first intermission teams kind of get their bearings. Something about that long intermission, but the second period, yeah, we got a shot nine seven. But Moncton, that was probably their best second period they've ever played. And they played in a, I want to say the restart, um, since the restart, or at least since these last few games in April, uh, they probably since the restart, this team has not had a great second period. And if you remember last year, I mean, they were a great second period team. Uh, but this year it's first and third periods. The second period has been the, the Achilles heel of this team. They played a great second period got two goals which was able to uh to propel them to to a victory and getting right back into this thing which means we're now you know here we go i mean there's four games left it starts tonight against sorry there's three games left starts tonight against bathurst uh no melanson for them if i'm uh, you know what i I think we're going to have a return tonight. Um, I don't know who. I just have this feeling there will be a player that will come back into the lineup. Um, I have no information on this. I just feel like player A has been out long, quite a, you know, long enough. And, you know, it was a, it was a, a certain length of injury. And I just, I feel like we're getting close to a player returning, which will pay off huge dividends, uh, dividends for this this club going forward. Cause look, we get this W tonight. We are two and two with two games left. And I, if you ask Richie, if you ask Dan, Hey, given all the circumstances, uh, we're going to have a nine game round Robin, blah, 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 blah. After four games, you're going to be two and two tied with St. John and Bathurst two and two. You basically control your own destiny. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't take that at this point. We got back to back games against Bathurst Wednesday here, Saturday in Bathurst. Uh, I mean, this is it, you know, it, it starts with tonight and it starts with playing very, very disciplined hockey. And I think the player that we're going to get back is going to be a huge boost, not only to the top six, the power play. Um, again, I just have this feeling we're going to get a player back off the injured reserve that we've been waiting for. Um, so it's... You know, Moncton's had their struggles with Saint with Bathurst, and uh, you know, five. What are we at here? Uh, five three win for Bathurst. 
five one win for Bathurst. So it's been it's been a very tough tough road. Five uh, two the last playoff game. So Moncton's basically been giving up five goals a game. So step one, don't let them score five. That's the key number one. Um, you know Moncton can play with Bathurst. They just need to play discipline. So that's and that's the other key. Don't allow this team to get on the power play. Uh, you, you talk about special teams in this thing. Moncton's power play record right now. We're perfect at home. One for one. Um, on the road, two of seven. So that gives us a three of eight. No, uh, two goals on eight advantages. So 25% clip. Bathurst is at a 30% clip. So you can't keep trolling them out. They were two for four against us in game two. Um, now, penalty kill wise, Moncton and Bathurst are tied at 66.7%. Um, at home, Moncton is, uh, what are we, we have not given up a power play goal yet. Um, and then on the road is obviously three goals against on seven opportunities. So 57%. So not the greatest uh, clip. Moncton or Bathurst is at 58. So, I mean, if, if you can stay disciplined and not allow this team in Bathurst to get power plays and, and advantages, we have a shot. And, you know, it's, and then, and then it, you get this, you get tied. Everyone's tied at two, two. And then you're looking at uh, a showdown and, you know, Bathurst is one and one against St. John. You know, it's going to be funny. We're going to get through six games and, and, and everyone could be tied three and three, <laughs> you know, um, it's, I thought Bathurst would be three and oh, you know, rolling over cause they're the healthiest team, but you know, all of a sudden Moncton gets one win. Now they've got confidence. They got that win at home in front of 2,200 fans. You got to be there tonight. Um, because you know, it was pretty loud in that building actually. Um, and now I don't know if it was loud because of loud the section I was in. The people around me were pretty loud, but uh, it was it it was loud enough. And I think the the team fed off that. So we need to keep that going. Um, like I said, I think I think we're gonna get a a return tonight. I think he's gonna be an impact not only tonight but moving forward. And just you know, Moncton's just staying afloat just enough. And and like I said, if you ask Richie, you ask Dan. You're, you you could be two and two after four games with two games left where you control your own destiny. You know, they're going to take that. And and all this is, is just playoff experience for next year. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just what a young team needs because nobody thought this team was making the playoffs. I mean, okay. People thought this team might make the playoffs, even when there was, you know, not going to be a full, everyone makes the playoffs kind of thing. But in a normal year, this if we were playing everybody, I mean, this team would be very t- in tough to make playoffs. Um, and, you know, again, very tough to even get out of the first round. But this team, with this roster, has continued to fight. And I think Neil's article, 14, 18 rookies, I mean, that just, we can't say it enough. I mean, the, the fact that you've lost Loshing, LaBelle, Daou, um, McKinney, Hudson, for a game now, Langlois uh, for a game, and the team, and even if you want to go back, Forche you had you dealt, Spence you dealt, Sean Stewart you dealt, and every guy that's come in this lineup, whether it be Thomas Darcy, whether it be Nathan Casey, whether it be 
Oh, who, uh, you know, Ayacenza, who's been playing most of the year, uh, Matulo, Tristan Sanchez, you know, they're just, uh, Mueller, they just, they come in, they buy in, and they play aggressive. And that's the thing is you don't, we're not missing a step. Eventually, skill is going to take over, and we get that. And, you know, it's been a theme of this show from day one. Go out, and if you get beat 9-2, at least you're competing. But since this restart, how many 9-2 losses have we seen? One. The very first game was 7-2. That was the first game in 116 days. Scratch that off. doesn't count. They lost 9-2, I think, to St. John. They come back. They won the pink in the rink. They lost 7-2, and I think they lost 7-1. Like They've only had two or three games where they've been beat but they come back and they compete and that's all we're asking for and it just speaks to the coaching staff uh especially headman Dan Lacroix Josh Heptich Salvis I mean they have brought these kids in as they're getting called up in their first action especially in meaningful now you can say what you will about only playing the two teams but for these kids these games that were kind of determining what was going on is meaningful in the regular season and now playoffs that actually mean something the fact that these kids are competing and nothing's really missing a beat um i mean it's hard to argue dan not being coach of the year (laughs) but that's there's other coaches in other markets that uh are having quite successful seasons but in terms of the maritimes i mean that's a pretty good coach to continue to have these players playing at a level where they're not missing a beat, whether they're playing their first game from, you know, they the Flyers on a Tuesday, they come play with Moncton on a Wednesday, and they don't even look like they miss a beat. That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome coaching and pretty awesome, you know, these kids that are just able to continue to buy into the system, buy into the Wildcat way, and uh, it's it's fun to watch. So if you don't have tickets for tonight, What are you doing? Go get your tickets. Uh, Yeah, so no Jeremy Boucher, so I'm going to see if I can uh, take the mantle and do him proud for everyone's favorite part of the show. Eric Murray Realty. Buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right, uh, this one one hits close to home. This stick tap goes to to the wife, Layla Michaels. Layla Wallace Michaels, whatever she wants to be called. Obviously, everyone knows what's happened with us. So she, starting May 2nd, Sunday, May 2nd, Big Hearts Little Stars will be launching their first ever comfort box campaign. Uh, this campaign is partnered with the Friends of the Moncton Hospital Foundation and is raising money to towards providing 100 comfort boxes to the Moncton Hospital for families who experience the loss of a child. We understand, we know this first half. Everyone who's listening, who's been a part of this show, knows this first, knows what we've been through with, with Riker. Uh, leaving the hospital with a box of memories or a box of comfort items does not make up for the fact that these families are leaving their hospital without their precious child in their arms. However, our hope is to let you know that you're not alone. Uh, we've been there too. These comfort boxes offer support during the most difficult days. These items in each box have been specifically selected and our big hearts, little stars community is there for them when they need someone to understand their grief. Um, we came home with, you know, the hospital did a good job with a box of memories, any clothes they ever wore, uh, 
you know, measuring tapes, blankets, uh, any, you know, the girls in the NICU were so good taking all the pictures. Um, any, every picture was captured so that we never kind of felt like he wasn't, he, he wasn't with a, with us as a part of us. And sometimes when, you know, we're not having a great day, we just open that box and, and all his memories are there. Um, so it's, it's never going to, re- you know, it's never going to replace that, that, that void, but it, but it does help give some comfort. And, and, and to be honest, there's nothing out there like this. There's nothing. And this is a topic that nobody really ever wants to talk about and people are uncomfortable and, and, you know, Layla's taking it upon herself to just open the door and let people know that, Hey, you're not alone. This is a very exclusive club that nobody wants to be in. But once you're in not only the NICU club, but you know, the, the grieving loss of a child club, you know, the support system is huge. So that's kind of what she's, she's, uh, achieving is she's giving families you know adding to these boxes by by uh you know just some some special items for for anyone uh the campaign kicks off this sunday may 2nd which is bereaved mother's day and runs until june 20th uh which is father's day this was done to bring awareness to both bereaved mother's day and bereaved father's day holidays that you likely don't know exist until you become like i said of this club that no one really wants to ever be a part of um yeah, to remember the parents who have experienced this type of loss and are still parents, if you cannot see at all or their children. So um, you can find out more information on Big Little Big Hearts Little Stars page on Facebook, on their event page, and you can follow them on Instagram at Big Hearts Little Stars as well. So like I said, eventually, starting May 2nd, she's going to open up the website. You can donate whatever you want, whether it be $2.00. Um, She's just raising money, uh, the campaign for the month. Um, If you can, it would be great to donate. If you can't, obviously, it's a difficult time. Uh, Her and myself, we understand. But uh, so the the stick tap of the week goes to Layla Michaels uh, for starting Big Hearts Little Stars Comfort Box Campaign. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. All right. Rosemary Lynn Massage Wildcast Wildcat of the Week. Uh, Rosemary Lynn Massage is now open. They're located at 1224 Mountain Road, Unit 6. They offer relaxing, therapeutic, deep tissue, mommy-to-be massages, as among others. Uh, you can now... You know, book your appointments. Just call Nicole, 830-1224. Book before May 1st. Get 15% off. You don't even need a code for that. You can literally just phone and you get it. That's pretty cool. Um, as well, you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Her Instagram page is rosemary underscore lens underscore massage. Uh, you know, the Wildcats went with Jacob Hudson for their player of the week. Uh, streak of the week, Atlantic hot streak of the week, I think it's called. Um, and that, you know, it, you absolutely could do that. I mean, he's got five points in, in two games. I went a little bit of a different direction. I went with a player that, uh, you know, Jeremy and I have talked about. He had a good first half playing in the role he was in. Uh, he he got elevated to a top-line role. I was He was one of my guys I was excited to see in the second half. Jeremy and I have talked about it. He logged a lot of minutes. He, he's gone up and down the lineup. 
and a few games playing, you know, kind of down in the lineup. It seemed to recharge him a little bit. He had, he's had two assists in the last three playoff games. But more importantly, he's just making the smart, simple plays. And that's, you know, that's all you want from a, a top-end defender, just, especially a rookie top-end defender playing with De Jong. Just make a smart, simple play, get the puck out easy, make that great first pass. And he's done that. And, you know, I've been impressed with him since the playoffs started. Uh, so my Wildcast Wildcat of the Week, presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage, is number 27, Connor Olson. Well, that will do it for me. That's a lot of talking by myself. Um, it was good to go back retro style uh, on my own. I won't lie. I'm not a fan of it anymore. Uh, I miss my buddy, Jeremy. I miss staring into his beautiful eyes. But I did enjoy my time with you guys. Uh, this one-on, however many of you are watching slash listening connection. Uh, I do appreciate uh, you guys joining us each and every week. It's playoff time. And there's two home games left minimum actually i gotta say maximum because even if moncton somehow gets past this thing i think everything's going over to the island and it's five games there if it gets there it's it's there they're not going to be traveling back and forth so even if moncton gets on this thing these will be the last two times you'll get to see this team play these will be the last two times you get to see jacob hudson tristan de Jong, dakota lund cornish uh suit up in a wildcats uniform so at home so if you haven't got your tickets uh, I implore you go on Ticketmaster, get them. Um, you know, if you've if you've seen Jacob Hudson for the past four years, if you've watched Tristan DeYoung play for the past three years, um, come out one of these last two games and and support them because this is it. This is, I mean, it's be, it'll be a very weird year not to see number five, not to see number ninety two, especially number ninety two in the lineup. Um, so. Get your tickets for that one. Tonight's game four versus Bathurst. Use your ticket January 22nd. And again, we're in St. John for game five and back at the Avenir Center. It was 2 p.m. Note the time change. 7 p.m. on Sunday, May 2nd. A little bit uh, a little bit of a... I'm not a fan of it. I won't lie. But uh, yeah, 7 p.m. Sunday, May 2nd. Use your ticket January 29th. Um, again... Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the show where you download the show. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Please subscribe and like it. Uh, That's it again for me. Hopefully Boucher will be back to recap what is going to be a crazy end of this round robin. And when that guy's in the chair next week, you know what's going to be? Guess what? It's going to be me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.